Miracy. The hero of the story is not the storyteller ever. The hero of the story is the audience that can relate and kind of goes on that journey themselves and relates it to themselves. If the person telling the story is too caught up in the ego of, oh, this is all about me and look at how wonderful I am, it stops being an interesting story. Hello and welcome to Blowing Up, the podcast that shows entrepreneurs like you how other businesses exploded in the best possible way. I'm Linda Claire Puig, the founder and CEO of Six Figure Newsletters. And I'm here with my co-host, Ari Eni, the head of strategy for the ACES Business Acceleration Program at Mercy. Hey there, Linda. In each episode of Blowing Up, we showcase an entrepreneur whose business, yes, blew up. It experienced what seemed to be a sudden success. But as we all know, that kind of success is not random or a fluke. The company employed a specific strategy that caused its rapid rise in revenue. So today we're going to dive into that strategy so that you can learn from it and determine how you might apply elements of it to your business. In this episode, we examine the role of story. Yes, telling stories, real or not, in helping your business blow up, not to mention making it more fun. Our guest is story coach Lisa Bloom, who works with all kinds of entrepreneurs, and businesses to help them use the power of story to connect with clients, to sell, and to build a business. Welcome to Lisa. Let's jump right into the conversation. Around the time that I was getting qualified as a coach, I discovered storytelling, which in fact I'd been doing for a long time, but hadn't quite connected it to business. Nobody was doing an awful lot with storytelling in a business context. And I realized that that incredible moment when you tell a story and you have massive engagement and you have real connection with your audience is very similar to good coaching. As I got deeper and deeper into the coaching world, I would go to conferences, I would meet these coaches, and they would all say the same thing, and they were all struggling to make a living. And I realized that although they had had amazing stories in their lives, they just didn't know how to tell them. And so I started teaching people how to use story as a way to market and sell that's when things really changed because I started doing it myself. My sales conversations completely transformed and I was able to close business that previously I'd really struggled with. I'm sure a lot of people listening are like, oh, I don't have any stories. I just led this boring life or whatever. So what would you say to them? And have you ever had that experience? Yeah. I mean, my coach challenged me and said, you know, if you want to build an audience, you have to write a story every week. And my response was, you know, my life isn't that interesting. Um, <laughs> I can't do that. And she was like, no, 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 I trust you. It'll be fine. And, and I blogged religiously for like 10 years. And it wasn't that my life got any more interesting. It was just that I found these moments, these, you know, I like to talk about changing the mundane into the magic, like finding this little moment and being able to turn it into something interesting. What would you say changed for yourself, both in your business and in your personal life after this discovery and you started applying it? Well, it became easier. There was less of a sense of urgency around every single opportunity. I saw that as I shifted my own stories, both the stories I told out and the inner story of what I was believing about myself and my possibilities, I saw other things show up for me. You know, a good example is I have pretty serious stage fright. And yet I've spoken on stages in 15 countries around the world over the last decade that just feels like agony. And then I managed to find the story that can get me through it. And then I love it as soon as I'm there. 
if someone wants to start utilizing story in their own business, you know, as a coach, as a consultant, where should they start? Well, the first place to start is really with the awareness of story all around them Mm. and in their own lives. People often will say to me, I'm not a storyteller. I don't have any stories. You know, I don't even know what a story is. And I would suggest that we're all storytellers because we're all constantly telling the stories of our experience to other people. Begin to pay attention to what are the stories you're telling and are they serving you? Are the things that you use to market your business, the conversations you have, the sales conversations, are they working? Are they working well? Is there a connection being built up? Is there trust being built up? And if you're struggling to connect with potential clients or to connect with any type of audience you may have, then the chances are you're not using story at all. It's not about, okay, I've got to find the story that's going to change everything. People often say to me, I need my signature story. I I don't believe in a signature story. (laughs) I think life is too varied and interesting and profound for us to have one story. You know, how could you ever take a whole life and dilute it down into one story. But I do think we have these moments, we have these really important moments that story happens. And what's interesting is not necessarily what happens to us, but how we react to it. Pay attention to the moments, the moments where something happens that's often unexpected and we feel a shift somehow. And notice how there's a different world after this moment than there was before. And just tell that story. Most of us live ordinary lives. But what's really interesting are the moments within our ordinary lives that inspire us, that sometimes move us to tears or move us to anger or, you know, all kinds of emotions that show up. And when we can turn those moments into compelling stories, that's when we connect with real people. And that's when we build the trust so that our clients will say, oh, gosh, that's that person. I can relate to her. I can relate to him. This is somebody who could help me. And yeah, maybe I will hire them. So you're Irish. You're from a culture of known storytellers. Mm -hmm. Are you saying that anybody can learn to tell stories in their business? I am always amazed by how the people who usually are so adamant that they don't know how to tell a story, I can tell within a few minutes that they certainly do. (laughs) And a lot of it is about confidence. Some of it is about technique. Some of it is literally like learning, okay, what exactly is a story? I think we all naturally understand story because it's all around us all the time, whether it's in the films we watch, the novels we read, the stories we were told as a child. And it's kind of like an awakening to the inner storyteller that we all are, that sometimes we've forgotten is even there. Well, I think we, as a human race, we have oral histories, we have stories for histories. It's not only in our history, it's in our brains. Neuroscience has now proven that storytelling is part of our wiring. Like we literally are wired for story. And there's all kinds of interesting research over the last decade or so that talks about how our brain just lights up when we hear stories and makes meaning. It's really interesting. Every culture, every language, every part of the world. I've yet to meet somebody who does not appreciate a well-told story. The real magic is the ability to find the right story at the right time with the right audience. You need to have a big enough repertoire and do enough work on your own experiences and your own stories to be able to spontaneously then tell something spontaneous. It's not, yeah, to pull out that story. Exactly. I've often worked with people say, oh, you know, I'm much better when I'm spontaneous. They're not. Right. They're just not. (laughs) Yeah. If I were to start doing this, how do I know if a story is any good? What are the elements that I need to have in a story for it to actually be useful? Great question. 
on the most simple, basic way of looking mm-hmm. at a story, basically you need a character that someone cares about. And what they care about usually means it's going to relate to the person you're telling the story to. What's really important is knowing who you're telling the story to and what the story is for, right? So there's a character who has got a goal, wants to do something, and usually there's some kind of challenge, there's some kind of conflict that's getting in the way, and then it gets overcome and the person reaches their goal. That's the most basic structure of a story. Keeping that in mind is going to be helpful. But I think the other thing, which is more in the business context is to also think about what is my intention? Like, why do I Mm. want to tell this story? What am I trying to achieve? And what am I trying to create for this audience? It might not be an audience, it might be an individual. What do I want them to think? What do I want them to feel? And then what do I want them to do? And by the way, it's always in that order, think, feel, and do. Mm -hmm. And so Mm -hmm. as I'm creating my story, I'm always conscious of how is the audience going to experience this And what do I need to create in order to get the outcome that I'm trying to get? And the outcome might be, you know, credibility. They appreciate the work I do. Or the outcome might be I want them to take action. Or the outcome might be I want them to sign up and hire me. Being clear of that outcome and then creating the story that's going to align with the outcome is super important. I see when the story doesn't have a call to action at the end, necessarily, or ever. Well, it can do. Okay. I mean, I, I think stories can definitely have calls to action, especially if they're being used in sales copy or even in a sales conversation. The natural continuing of the story is, okay, what are you going to do about this? What action are you going to take? We've talked a lot about how people should be finding their own stories, you know, from their own life, from their own experiences. How important is that versus borrowing stories? you know, taking stories that they've heard and repurposing. The first thing about borrowing a story is you need to make sure you have permission. You can't tell someone else's story unless you have permission to do so. I'm very serious about that because appropriating somebody else's story is really not a good thing to do and will never work. But assuming you have permission to tell the story, what's interesting is not necessarily the story. What's interesting is why am I telling the story and why is this story important to me? As long as you can add that piece, then telling any kind of story is effective. But like whether it's a fairy tale or a customer story or a story I read in the newspaper, none of it is relevant unless I can say the reason I'm telling this story is that it deeply moves me. Why does it move me? Because of this, 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 and this. And if I can't make it personal and make it my own, then it's just not going to be effective. One of the things that we ask during these conversations is where people get stuck in the process of trying to implement a strategy and this strategy being storytelling. So where is it that they typically get held up? Well, they get held up right at the beginning where they believe they don't have stories or where they think they have to entertain rather than just show up naturally and humanly and authentically. Mm. Um, Mm. So that's the first place people get stuck. The other place is if they make the mistake of thinking that the story is about them rather than being about the audience. The hero of the story is not the storyteller ever. The hero of the story is the audience that can relate and kind of goes on that journey themselves and relates it to themselves. If the person telling the story is too caught up in the ego of, oh, this is all about me and look at how wonderful I am, it stops being an interesting story and it stops relating to the person who's listening to it. And then the other place people get stuck is where they're really frightened to be too personal or to be vulnerable on any level where they have to only tell how successful they are versus how much they've faced challenge. But if you're willing to show up with the real story, if you're willing to show up with the reality of 
you know, this was really hard and open up to the challenge that they faced. Then when they talk about how it's possible to overcome it, it's much more believable and it feels accessible to the audience. So that's something that's super important. And sometimes people struggle because they feel like, well, what will people think about me if they know that I was also scared? Like, will they allow me to be their guide if I was fearful? Well, you know what? If you weren't fearful, you're probably going to be less of a guide. The more you're willing to share that with people, the more they'll really connect with you and relate to you. So let's talk. I love, love, love using stories from my travels as teaching and nurturing tools. So I am really aligned with this topic. Getting stuck on a narrow cobblestone street in a hilltop village in Italy and having to drive down a staircase to get free is one of my audience's perennial favorites. A couple of important takeaways from our conversation with Lisa. Look for the pivotal moment in a story and relate it to the work that you do with clients. And know who you're telling the story to, as in know your audience, know your ideal client, and know what the story is for. Like, what are you trying to achieve with the story? And most of all, remember that storytelling is in our DNA. So settle into your story and enjoy the telling. Thank you so much to Lisa for that inspiring and nurturing primer on storytelling and its place in your business. And be sure to download Lisa's free gift to you, the Story Advantage audiobook and toolkit to help you find, craft, and tell powerful business stories. This fantastic book, one of my favorite business books, will help you really unleash the power of storytelling so that you can engage and inspire and influence. Get your copy of it at blowingup.rocks forward slash Lisa. That's blowingup.rocks forward slash Lisa, L-I-S-A. This episode of Blowing Up was produced by Linda Claire Puig. Cynthia Lamb is our managing producer and Danny Eni, our executive producer. Post-production by Post Office Sound. To make sure you catch all the really great episodes of Blowing Up, follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening right now. And if you like the show, we'd love it if you could leave us a starred review or share the show with a friend. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time. I certainly am willing to admit what I don't know. I tend to hold my truths lightly. I try not to have, you know, very firm convictions because I recognize that when you move up an organization, your information is limited because you have a greater breadth of responsibility. I'm Sharon Richmond. I'm an executive coach and consultant with more than 30 years experience working with C-level executives. To Lead as Human is the podcast for you 
If you want to supercharge your leadership by bringing all of yourself into your role, listen as our guests reveal their hard-won lessons and share their deep humanity. I think the turning point for me was when I realized that I want people to tell me what they think and they're afraid. They were, honest to God, afraid to tell me things. It's like, I checked all the damn boxes, but I am so alone and I'm so unhappy. I'm burning myself out. And when I started looking at like, you know, my fears going into the shadows, sharing it with others, the very thing that would be a nightmare for most people in the workplace is the very thing that led me to my dreams. My guests know that the influence they have as top leaders comes with an equal measure of responsibility for all their stakeholders. They not only deliver great results for their customers and investors, they do so by building organizations that provide purpose, meaning, and a healthy work environment for their employees. One of the hallmarks of good leadership is clarity. If there isn't clarity around the goals, that creates confusion, that, that creates chaos. What's the end goal? What are we trying to achieve? And that makes people's jobs more purposeful. And people are clearly enjoying that. People who are making their own decisions, they're significantly more motivated in doing what they're doing. Yeah, I've really seen the maturity and growth of those individuals. And I think that we've now kind of really been able to create a lot of autonomy and give people a lot of freedom to do their best work. So not rocket science, nothing too crazy, but, uh, you know, that was definitely a journey. I hope you'll join us every other week as we talk with these inspiring leaders and learn from the very human challenges and successes they've experienced on their own leadership journeys. And you ask me questions that I was like, gosh, I'm not sure I know what my values are. So I know they're there, but I'm not sure that they're articulated. So thanks for asking me those questions. They were hard.